Hello, everybody. This is Inside Geocaching HQ, a podcast from the people who work at Geocaching HQ in Seattle. I'm Chris. My geocaching username is Rock Chalk. I am one of the proud HQ lackeys. And for this episode, I rounded up four of my colleagues to discuss geocaching goals. We are not too far into 2023. Maybe your goals for the year are still undefined. Maybe you would like some inspiration or some tips on how to plan on pursuing your geocaching goals. This conversation goes into all of that with a group of people that has a wide range of caching experience, and they're from all over our company, including the mobile team, legal, community engagement, and community volunteer support. I really enjoyed this talk very much, so let's get to it with Alexis, Jesse, Colin, and Mackenzie talking about geocaching goals. All right, so we've got a, a nice group of lackeys here with a great range of geocaching experience levels, and I think it's going to be a fun conversation about goals. But before we get started with that, let's introduce everybody and ask your geocaching username and what you do at HQ, and then later we'll get into what each of your goals are. And so I'll I'll start with Alexis and. I I thought it was funny when I asked Alexis if she would participate in this conversation. I went to her office one day and started explaining what I had in mind. And after a minute or so, she kind of stopped me and said, okay, so this isn't a legal question, (laughs) which which made me think, I wonder if anybody ever just comes to her office and doesn't ask a legal question. So Alexis, what do you do at HQ? I think Chris gave you a bit of a Preview. So I'm on the legal team at HQ, uh, which means right now I'm pretty much working on figuring out how to handle all of the recent privacy and consumer protection laws that have been enacted over the last couple of years. And then a whole bunch of other things. So working with API partners, working with uh, people who want to lo- license our logos to use for merchandise they want to make. Um, and then I'm also a proud member of Team Unicorn, which is, so in addition to the legal team, it's the HR, learning and development, and um, operations and facilities. And so we kind of are just a broader operations team at HQ. Oh, and then my username is Sixola206. And where did that come from? Uh, it is my last name backwards plus the uh, Seattle area code. All right. Very cool. Uh, So I'll just move uh, from where people sit at HQ. (laughs) So next will be Colin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Colin. Uh, My username is Dane Coog. I've been at HQ for about a little less than a year now. Uh, I'm a senior Android developer. So yeah, I work towards uh, deploying the new features that, that we're all hoping will get you, get everybody excited about the game. And how did you come up with Game Coog as your username? Uh, GameCook is sort of one of my online avatar names. It's a combination of, I went to the University of South Carolina and I went to Washington State. And so it's a combination of Gamecock and Coog. I figure that's a fairly unique combination. Not a lot of people are Gamecooks. So that's me. I never would have put that together (laughs) until you explained it. That is a really unique combination there. South Carolina and Washington State. So uh, Mackenzie, how about you? 
My name is, or username is Phoenix48, and I'm on the community engagement team. Um, specifically, I help with customer service. So anybody that writes into the help center, I help troubleshoot or answer any geocaching related questions, as well as curate content for social media, making TikToks, planning blogs for Facebook and Twitter, and anything in between. So, And where does Phoenix48 come from? I remember caching for the first time back in like 2003 or four in Phoenix when I was visiting my grandparents and 48 is actually my favorite NASCAR driver's number. I'm a big Jimmy Johnson fan. So, yep. And Phoenix was the first place I went to a NASCAR race. So double meaning for that. These are some really cool uh, username origins. <laughs> Mine by comparison is, is so, uh, simple and lame. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, how about you? <laughs> Hi everyone. My name is Jesse Maxwell. My username is JT coffee and at HQ, I'm on the community volunteer support team. And my man, my title is community volunteer support manager. So what I get to do is support all of the community volunteers, which include reviewers and moderators and translators and mega hosts, even cash owners, or even people that come in to visit us here at HQ. And it's the other half of the community team that Mackenzie's on. And so how I kind of think of it is her team helps draw in a lot of the new players and help them get started. And then once they become deep dives into the community, that's when our team supports them. Well, this is great. We've got a, a really nice collection of folks from across the comp- company here and and also a wide range of experiences with uh, geocaching. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear how everybody looks at goals for your gameplay. And I think that's one of the cool things about geocaching is that you can when you talk to different people over time, you find that there are so many different ways that people play the game and different motivations for their for their gameplay. And sometimes I'll hear of something and think, oh, I never thought about that before. And that sounds fun to me. So selfishly, I hope I get some new ideas here. So uh, I'll start with uh, Jesse. So you've been playing geocaching for a number of years. How has your approach to goals changed over time? Like, can you think back to when you first started and you've been playing a long time. So I assume there've been many, many goals along the way. There definitely has been. I'm a very goal oriented person in general. And the there's, it has certainly changed over time. I've been playing since February, 2011. And there are still some things though, that call to me now that called to me in the very beginning which was numbers. I remember we, you know, I started in February and then that April on the 30th, I decided to take my geocaching buddies and find 30 caches on April 30th. And I just thought that the symmetry of those two numbers was just the coolest thing. And I made a playlist that was along that theme and everything we did had to have some sort of 30 related (laughs) in the day. We DNF'd three of them, which I was okay with because that was near 30 or uh, I was adjacent to 30. But I remember that day really clearly and how the numbers and things like that have always, always called to me. And so even now when I am working on my challenges for this year or my, my little quests, even if it's not a challenge cache that I'm working toward, 
I, they're always numbers based. I want a certain number in a certain box to do a certain thing, or I want to increase that number in that box by a certain number or to have them all be a certain number of digits or something like that. So I'm very visually motivated. So on our stats pages, when I can see the results of my efforts, that's usually what's deeply motivating for me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how sometimes you'll hear people talk about wanting their calendar grid or their DT grid, whatever, to have a certain shade of color to it. Oh, and yes. I just think that's really wild that, that that's something that we... The, the, that we kind of grab onto is the shade of, and you're thinking there was a time when some designer put together the shade of these things and wasn't thinking at all about, it. <laughs> or at least I really doubt was thinking about how that would someday motivate people in their, in their, in their gameplay. But do all of my squares have a minimum darkness? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mackenzie? Are you, are you motivated by the shade? Of different things, or do you have different motivations? Yeah, I'm not quite at Jesse's level, to be honest. I haven't had many geocaching goals into the last two years once I joined HQ. I tried to do the streak, which I know a ton of people tried to go for, but mentally for me, it was exhausting and I was not finding joy out of it. So after 30 days, I called it quits and then decided what made more sense for me was filling my calendar. And just so it has at least a color, not, it doesn't have to get to a certain shade <laughs> yet, but just trying to fill. So there's at least one in every day. And I started that goal last May and on April 20th, I will have completed it. So I have like 24 days left and I'm very proud of myself. So yeah, that is what's motivating me right now, as well as I have one challenge cache that I have been focusing on for the last year as well. In the Seattle area, there is a challenge cache called monthly variety challenge. So I'm getting myself to find specific cache types in that month. And I have one month left, February, I need to get four cache types. So yes, it's the little things that don't cause me stress or anxiety, but bring me joy throughout the year. So <laughs> you know, I once you brought up streaks, I I realized we could have had a whole episode about streaks and about the psychological impact <laughs> that they might have on people. I know for me, when I did my one streak, when I, and it, I, fortunately I thought about it pretty soon after I started caching. So my area had a lot of caches in it and it wasn't all that hard to be able to find something every day, or at least find something I could try for every day. But by the end of it, it really did feel like a job and it wasn't as much fun. So I've, I've, uh, never wanted to try to beat that, that one that I had. And then when I hear about people that have gone for years, I just, uh, I guess my hat's off to them. And then I also am just like, Ugh. well, again, different strokes, right. For, 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 for different folks, but, uh, Alexis and, and Colin, have, have you guys been into the streak stuff as well? Yeah. I, uh, when I first started, I did a 45 day streak and I was trying to go for 60 and I, I got to 45 and like, yeah, I think that McKenzie and I were sort of overlapped in our streaks. And, uh, I, we, I was talking about it with her and she, she said, yeah, I gave up. And I probably the next day I was like, you know, what? no, this isn't fun anymore. It's, it's getting to be work. And, uh, so I, yeah, refocused on, on some, on other, other goals. What about you, Alexis? 
Yeah, I also, I initially tried going, I did a 30-day streak and very similar experience to Mackenzie and Colin. It became more work. And so, and just too stressful for me. And so I've since also began focusing primarily on going in my calendar, which didn't go as well at the beginning because it was still a little stressful. So I still have some days back in October and November that I have to go back to now. But now I feel like I've kind of gotten into the groove and have a bit of a rhythm. And so now I guess the strategy started to come together a little bit better. And so now it's sort of, because it was so bare in January and then February will be also I decided, you know what, if I'm already trying to fill in these days, try for a longer streak again, because it's just, I'm going to have to do it anyway. So I tried to be a lot more strategic about it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm currently on day 35 of a streak. So, wow. but but like I said, February is very empty. So if I'm going to be wanting to fill those in anyway. I might as well try to get the streak accounted for also. So hopefully people in the area will also be hiding caches that I can use to help me along. Well, that's an impressive time to start your streak is in Seattle in the wintertime. It's, it's uh, sometimes not the greatest <laughs> time to be out geocaching. So it's pretty impressive that you picked this time of year to go after that. So, and as you were talking about, a couple of you talking about the calendars, it made me think during the pandemic, I got a little bit more into waymarking, which of course we're talking mostly about geocaching today, but I'll mention waymarking because I also, with waymarking, I was trying to fill in the calendar with finding one for each calendar date. And the waymarking website works different than geocaching in that the, the, it goes off of UTC time. So if, and in Seattle, we're several hours behind UTC. So I would have calendar reminders to myself, okay, today you need to you need to find a waymark. And I would find it, but then maybe forget to log it until evening, you know, five or six o'clock at night, by which time it's already the next day UTC, and you can't backdate it. Anyway, just be glad that you're not into that yet. But if you ever get into it, no, don't make the same mistake that I've made now multiple times because I've got like two dates left and I've had those two dates for like two years because I keep screwing up on those two dates. So anyway, that was an aside. So let's talk about how we keep track of these challenges and and how you keep track of and how you don't make the mistake that I did and miss a date or whatever. Uh, I have to think, Jesse, that you've got some sort of a system that's just amazing and that we could all learn something from. I... My system ebbs and flows too over time, but I do love a a good spreadsheet and I do love a good uh, piece of graph paper and I do love a good notebook. And at first I started, I I really, again, I really like being visually affirmed for the things that I'm working on. So if I wanted, you know, 10 more letter boxes to reach a challenge, I would make that little, a little page in a notebook with 10 little boxes so that I could check them off. And then I could remember, have I gotten... Am I there yet? Or am I still, how many more letter boxes do I need? Well, I had it right here in my little notebook. And then, and it was so nice to be able to check them off rather than achieving the 10. I almost achieved one every time. 
And that snowballed into different pages for different challenges so that I can be really opportunistic. If we have a challenge over here that requires, it's an older legacy challenge type, certain finds in certain cities and towns through Washington state. And if I am driving around, oh, is this on the that challenge? I can't remember. I can check my notebook and it's written right there. Yes, a fellow is in there. And it's a teeny little town that you wouldn't necessarily even think much existed in there, let alone a geocache, but it was a challenge qualifier. So I had to find something there. And uh, there's lots of programs that the community has made that help you with these things. And I use my Google calendar when I work on my calendar related challenges and I can, can easily add those things. I have color coded you know, the days that I need multis. They're orange, just like the little icon on the map so that I can visually look real quick. Okay, a puzzle, need a multi, a lab cache, they, all, all the different bits and parts and makes it really easy for myself to not miss one of those days because I've certainly been there. And the painful thing about calendar challenges is if you miss a day, then that little box just stares at you for an entire year and reminds you of messing with that. That's how I got started on my streak. As a matter of fact, I was working on my calendar and I needed a bunch of days and I thought, oh man, if I lose a day or if I get turned around, it's a busy time of year. So I might as well just streak the whole thing. And, um, and so I set out to streak 30 days and that turned into three years. <laughs> But um, once you got the momentum, you can just keep it going. Wow. Anybody else want to streak for three years? Colin, you want to streak for three? <laughs> no. So how, do you, how, <laughs> how, how do you keep up with the stuff that you're working on, Colin? Honestly, I don't have a very good system. I'm pretty new at geocaching. Uh, and it, it, you know, for me, my calendar is, uh, is wide open, right? I can, you know, if I, if I find a cache tomorrow, that'll be the first time I found a cache on uh, on January 31st ever in my life because I have been geocaching for less than a year. And I, yeah, so I, I like the, I do like the the numbers and the the sort of the symmetry of, the symmetry of numbers sometimes, right? And I like efficiency. Like I, I wanted to get, my goal this summer was to get my 200th find at the ge, at the uh, the geocaching uh, anniversary event. And so I, you know, I, I worked towards that and then I, and actually I had to like pause and hold off on some of my, some of the finds to make sure that I got the 200 right on the day. And that was, that was very uh, gratifying to me. I was just thinking that a really fun challenge for this coming year, a nice challenge for this coming year would be starting on the 1st of March to do 366 days and end on leap day um, wow. and fill in, fill in my whole calendar and also um, do my, my full streak. Thinking back on the challenge, I, on the uh, the streak, I don't know if I'll stay motivated, but maybe I'll maybe I'll just sort of make it a sub uh, a sub challenge to uh, to fill in most of my or all of my calendar by by leap day if it's not a full streak. So that's yeah, that's my thought. Well, as as somebody who, like you said, is is newer to the to the game of geocaching, as you've been around the community, have there been certain types of goals that have resonated with you as, as you've as you've talked to people and maybe it's not stuff that you haven't pursued necessarily yourself but kind of sounded interesting to you yes yeah, some of the the fizzy challenges look really interesting as far as you know as many different types of uh, difficulty and, and terrain rating of a, of a different of a given type of of cash is uh, is an interesting challenge to me and I think that's something that I'm going to go for in the future and right now I'm just sort of trying to get my my foundation 
I found that when I was doing my streak, I'd been here for less than two weeks before I started my streak. And then I tried to do it for two months. And I, and I just thought that I, I felt like my inexperience at geocaching was, I was, you know, I was, I was struggling to get these, these finds because, you know, I was still learning the ropes of the game as well. So, um, yeah. Well, it's funny you bring up the difficulty terrain grid, because I remember when I first started and I met people in my community who talked about that and they were working on that. And I just thought that is so, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it seems so outlandish, this idea of finding 81 different difficulty terrain squares. And of course, I eventually became hooked on it. I found that to be kind of the case with a number of different types of of goals is, is that I hear somebody else talk about it and I think, oh, that's, there's just no way I'd ever do that. And then eventually I'm kind of hooked into it myself. Is that, uh, Mackenzie, is that something that you've ever found yourself doing that, that you've maybe heard about something and think, oh, I would never do that. And then maybe months later, years later, you're, you're, you're kind of falling into it too. Yeah. Honestly, DT grid feeling that I, that'll be my next goal. Once I finish my calendar, I'm going to focus on the last 19 spots I have left on the DT grid, which a lot of them are hard to find. And I'm going to have to go on a lot more hikes, which I don't do very often, but I've convinced my partner to go on some hikes this summer with me to fill that out. I never really focused on it before at all until I was at HQ and then talking to everyone and I want to be on everyone else's level. I want to understand what they're talking about when they're telling me their weekend adventures. And <laughs> so, yeah, I like to join the crowd, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to give you a warning about the difficulty terrain grid, because when I finished it, I was with somebody. He helped me find the last one. And then he turned to me and said, you know, you're only I forget how many it was. You're only six caches away from doing it a second time. And that is a vicious cycle to go down. I, I, I can assure you. So be forewarned. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll find the last one by myself. <laughs> <laughs> For you, Alexis, is, is the uh, difficulty terrain something that you've gotten uh, hooked into yet? Well, it definitely got me motivated to get out and try. We have the deer closet at work and we have some inflatable kayaks and I've been tempted to do it, but I'd never done it before. And then, so just the seeing those T5s on my grid, just sitting there sad and empty, made me motivated to get out there. And I absolutely loved, loved it. And so I got a kayak for Christmas and so I'm already eyeing where I want to go as the weather starts to warm up and wanting, hoping to get in some cattle caches this year. Well, that's another great thing about the game is that, and about goals is that maybe you end up doing something that you haven't done before or uh, something that has, I don't know, just maybe seemed outside your comfort level. And uh, I mean, I just know that's happened for me and, uh, Jesse, I, I think you were always kind of an outdoorsy person before you got into geocaching, but are, are there things that you've done since you started playing the game that maybe you you wouldn't have because you were pursuing some sort of a goal? Definitely. I was an outside person, grew up playing a lot outside. So 
doing things like going hiking or paddling were were certain, certainly things we did as a family. So it was certainly within my comfort level. And when I learned I could do those things and go geocaching at the same time, and like geocaching was an add-on to those already fun things, then that made it really easy. And it was pretty accessible for me to do. I think um, just this weekend, I was talking about how something I have not done is dove, done any sort of scuba or diving for a geocache. And I had uh, someone in our community pointed that out to me and made, and offered to help me and make sure that I could check that little box on my list. Um, so that's certainly something that I that geocaching will lead me towards and I would not have done. I think I, I had never used gear like done a technical climb up a tree before, um, certainly just on my own power climbing up a tree, but never with actual gear and ropes and line and everything. And, and that's an opportunity that geocaching has given me for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of this. I've have only done one technical climb and it was geocaching related with uh, when Alexis, when you were talking about the uh, getting your inflatable kayak, it, it made me think of years ago when I was driving back home before I was a lackey driving back home from an event. And it was, it was a drive through several States. And as I was driving back, I was passing through an area and saw all of these T5 caches and was like, oh my gosh, look at all these T5. I was looking at a list. I didn't see. And then I opened up the map and they were there were all these lakes and streams that had geocaches on them. And I was like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. I didn't own a kayak or anything, but a month later I did and <laughs> made plans to come back the next year to uh to try to snag some of those, which which I eventually did. But again, I never was a kayaker. I never did any of that stuff. And thanks to geocaching. I've I've got one that I that I take around every so often. So, you know, another good thing about the game. We haven't talked yet about the program that we have within HQ, which is a program that encourages lackeys to get more involved with geocaching and uh, sets and, and sets certain goals for for lackeys to try to meet as, as they're out caching. I'm I'm curious how that program has affected those of us here in this conversation. Um for you, for you, Colin, when when you came in to HQ, is that something that helped to motivate you or helped to kind of direct your your attention as, as you kind of got your feet wet with the game? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I I came into to HQ with three finds to my name. I think uh, I had I had tried it out when I started interviewing and uh, just that. And so then, yeah, the, the fact that the that the company is sort of very openly really wants us all to be geocachers and so that you know it, and it helps me in my normal you know my normal life is uh is android developers so bug hunts that affect affect certain people like i found bugs while i was out geocaching that then i wound up fixing that it's like well this affects me it must affect other people too or you know that, oh i have more information about it because i reproduced the issue uh, so that's been great and uh yeah and the the on the on the 200 day uh um but on the on the day of the of the anniversary event getting 200 finds also leveled me up on the internal uh game that was a, that was a big motivator for me so for sure that's cool how about you alexis oh yeah absolutely um and i i think actually it's even when my husband learned that it was tied to being able to travel to megas he i think became more motivated <laughs> Then I was in the same. So he now is the one who's actually scouring my statistics and saying, okay, 
you need to get this DT combination over the weekend. And then that can combine. Oh, then that'll be another letterbox that you can get. So he has actually become my primary strategist. And then I'm just the boots on the ground who are actually who's actually out getting it done. So he's been extremely helpful in that respect. Wow, I wish I had one of those. <laughs> that's a that's a nice tool to have. <laughs> uh, Mackenzie, how about you? Has the internal program helped you with your geocaching? It points out things that I wouldn't necessarily go for. I'll look and see what it is. And sometimes it's finding micro caches. And I don't typically pick out cache sizes unless they're larges. Those ones are fun to find. But I don't typically look for micros. And so once I get close to something like four more micros or five more smalls, then I will pay more attention to the map and go for those ones first. So that's pretty fun to change up my style of caching or what I'm looking for, especially since I'm just focusing on filling my calendar. It gets me to look for something specific that day. But then also going out with other lackeys or friends and seeing what they need to complete and helping them, uh, because I know eventually will help benefit me too. I was just going to say that, yeah, uh, piggybacking on uh, what Mackenzie said, uh, the, uh, the, the variety, it helps you with variety, right? Like you can get stuck in a rut. If you're just, you know, oh, let's just go find geocaches. We'll just keep going after lamppost caches, caches everywhere. And, you know, they're easy. It's It gets, it fills in my my days to finish up my, my streak. But, um, yeah, we were just talking uh, at lunch today about there's a, there's a gang of caches up in some some ravine up, up north that they're all weird DT ratings. And it's like, well, that'd be really cool to go up there. It'd be very challenging and a lot of fun to go with a group. But it's, you know, everybody's motivated to do it because that, you know, fills in an, an odd spot in your DT grid that that we all, you know, all want to fill in. So it, yeah, it helps get you out of out of your rut and and uh, looking for other things. I would have never tried an earth cache if not for the internal of the game, just because I didn't know what they were about. And they seemed like lots of work. And uh, I was just, you know, in the mood of, oh, let's just go find something else. But now that I've done them, I, I enjoy them. And it's an interesting learning experience. Well, I get the sense that we all have maybe a varying degree of how we go about planning, how much work we put into that, how uh, efficient or inefficient it might be. There are a lot of tools out there that people can use besides, Jesse, I think mentioned spreadsheets and graphs and stuff like that. But you know, GSAC being an authorized developer and Project GC, I'm sure there are many others, but is there anything, maybe start with you, Jesse, is there, are there any tools that you recommend to people that, that you use in particularly that are maybe geocache specific? Yeah, like you said, Project GC is such a gift of, it even has a link when you look at the needed found dates, if you're trying to fill in a certain flavor of your calendar and then it'll show you on a grid the dates that you need. There's a button underneath it that automatically links it to your calendar of choice. And so it just makes it so easy if you want to really deep dive and if you want to do that as quickly as possible, or if you're, uh, then it's, it'll show right up like that. For planning trips, I really love Cash Tour because it will allow you to add a lot of caches. It will give you some of the information underneath it and under the list. There will be a map. There'll be a, an average DT score. There's a list of counties that you'll be finding, a list of number types of caches, the star ratings for them. 
all of that kind of stuff that could possibly be a challenge qualifier if you happen to be building something like that. Cashtour will also tell you how long your trip will be. And uh, I know the folks at my house absolutely want to know when I will be back from my early morning departure. And something like Cash Tour gives you a pretty accurate uh, mapping and therefore a pretty accurate ETA. <laughs> and uh, as someone who often is making uh, those texts of, uh, well, I, it looks like I'll be a little bit later than I said. Uh, it's nice to at least be accurate when you say when you'll be home and Cash Tour will do that for you. <laughs> That's great. Is there is there anything else that anyone else uses or things that Jesse already mentioned? I primarily just take advantage of the list feature. And then when I go, if I know I have a trip coming up, I'll then look look at what maybe things I want to target in that area. And then I'll just add that to my list. And then it's really helpful knowing that I can download the list and then not worry about any issues with coordinates at the time. So that has been, that's really at this point, the only tool that I really take advantage of. Uh, I, I guess um, that's a selfish question for me because I'm I I always hear things that maybe I was aware of a tool before and just didn't pursue it, and then somebody starts talking about it, like Jesse was here a second ago, and and I'm kind of taking notes to remind myself to go check back on something because maybe I tried it once and it didn't it didn't resonate with me right then, but as somebody starts talking about how they've used it and had more of a mastery of it. And I realize it could be pretty beneficial to me with my geocaching. Well, we're starting to run low on time here. So I just want to go around and ask everybody kind of what you're going, like what's the immediate for you with your goals and, or maybe if there's something down the road that, that we haven't talked about yet, that is kind of on your mind and, Maybe we'll all have some accountability to each other here after we've after we've done that. So I'll start with you, Jesse. Yeah, I was thinking about how there's a balance of when you when you set a goal of finding a goal that's really motivating for you, whatever that is, and it doesn't have to be something that is the most difficult that somebody is doing, or it it doesn't have to be something that nobody's ever done. But if it gets you outside and gets you excited and motivates you to go and do some exciting things, then that's a perfect goal. And also being able to let go of a goal is something that I've really worked on as a goal. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, certainly a few years ago, in the beginning of 2020, I set out for a lot of different goals that ended up having to be pushed off for a few years or edited to make sense for the time that we had. And it's okay. If, it, if you don't meet a goal, just you know, adjust the amount of time that you want to do it or um, that you want to have it done in or um, make it so that is a nice balance of fun and challenge for yourself. And that's, that's how I've found most successful goal setting for me. Yeah, that's some good advice. Uh, Mackenzie, how about yourself? I love everything Jesse just said, and it resonates with resonates with me, especially since I started streaks and was finding no joy in it. And so knowing that it's okay to stop and to do something that brings you joy is really important. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to uh, getting outside more and doing caches that are outside of the city because I'm, I'm 
strictly a city cacher, especially since I just moved and now I have a whole new playground in my area. Going to do more hikes and finding, oh yeah, I would like to find more where I goes and virtuals because I don't do many of those. So I think those would be fun to trigger on my map. Yeah. Uh, Alexis? Yeah, well, so I have two more days to complete my January calendar. So that's the very immediate goal. And I'm excited. I saw a new cache was posted on my commute route home. So <laughs> today is taken care of, hopefully. And then, yeah, so then, I mean, like I said, I still have way out November 27th is just going to taunt me for the rest of the year for the full calendar goal. But then kind of what I've liked working on this goal is that it then also sort of secondarily helps me to fill in or get make more progress unintentionally on potentially other goals. And so I keep hearing about this variety challenge. And so it had been too intimidating for me to try when my find counts were so low in some of the areas. And so I figured once I have a few, a better base, I'll start looking at challenges like that. And so I think that will be a goal to start looking for, for some of those that feel like a good next level. Sure. Uh, Colin, how about yourself? Yeah, I'd say my goals are pretty Simple at this point. I, I think that, yeah, I, uh, filling in as much of my calendar as possible. I really like the idea of starting on, on March 1st and doing a 366-day streak. I, On the other hand, that I just, it just occurs to me that that means that, well, it doesn't start for another month. So what am I going to do for the next month? My, you know, the other thing is that, yeah, I, I, uh, Washington is sort of my adopted home. Uh, and I, I think there are something around 10 uh, webcams in Washington state. And I'd like to go get as many of those as I can and, uh, you know, give you also an excuse to go, you know, go to areas of the city or the, of the state that you wouldn't necessarily go otherwise. So that would be really interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm a plus one for you going after the whole March 1st to uh, February 29th thing. So I strongly encourage that, even though I won't personally be doing it. But I I, th- I love the cemetery. You, you, you've, you've sold me on it. And maybe you'll sell some of the people who've been listening too. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And, and I've gotten some new ideas and some new tools I want to go look up and some spreadsheets I need to start. So thanks, everybody. This was, this was fun. And really appreciate you all taking part in the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks again to Mackenzie, Colin, Jesse, and Alexis for joining me to talk about goals. I have even more ideas to work on now as if I didn't have arguably too many as it was. Hey, if you have an idea for the HQ podcast, you can email podcast at geocaching.com. We always love hearing from you. And until next time, from all of us at Geocaching HQ, happy caching. (laughs) 